calling uh, Life After Easter. And we're recognizing that we celebrate that on Easter Sunday morning, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And that's a, a great thing. And, that, and we know that he's alive and he's going to come back. And we, we celebrate that. But we also celebrate and recognize. And, and we've been thinking about the fact that not only did Jesus rise again, but, but somehow in him, if we are Christians, if we are him, in him, we too have risen again. That we too are now alive. That we who were dead in our sins, we who were dead in those things are now alive in Christ. We are now made new. We're lifted up and we are made alive in Christ. And, and, and so what we're learning to do every day of our lives, we're learning to live in the power of the risen Jesus. There is a power available to us uh, of Jesus Christ alive in us and we're, we're learning to live in that power. And, and we've recognized that, that the Bible tells us some really interesting things about our, our status right now. We've said that, you know what, on the one hand, we are already new. We are completely forgiven. We have been made new. All of that is absolutely true. We are already new, but we also know that we're still learning to live in that newness. We're still living into it. It's, it's not completely there. And, and, and so we recognize that we live in a broken world. One day all things will be made new. One day there won't be any more pain or death or suffering or, or, or agony and abuse and all those things. One day that's all going to be gone. But right now, we still live in a broken world. Even though Jesus rose from the dead, even though we are alive, we still live in a broken world. And last week we talked about the fact that the old ways, the old habits, the old sins, they, they still show up at times. And, and, and so we saw how Paul in Colossians 3 says, you know what, even though you're new in Christ, there are still some sins. There are still some of those things that show up. And so we talked about how we've got to get rid of those things. Paul says in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your old nature, your earthly nature. And we talked about leeches and how sin is a leech that that sucks the life out of us, that destroys us. And we said that part of the call of Paul in our lives, of God in our lives, is to to kill, to get rid of the the bloodsuckers, the leeches. That's that's part of what we're called to do, to get rid of the old, okay? To to fight against that sinful nature, to, to not give in to that part of ourselves, this morning we're going to move kind of to the next part of that because Paul's got a little rhythm thing going on and, and, and we're still learning the new ways, okay? And, and so Paul says, get rid of the old. And now with the passage we're going to look at this morning in verse 12, Paul says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, all right? Kill these things, get rid of these things, but now clothe yourselves, all right? Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And, and when he says clothe yourselves, what he's talking about is he's talking about putting on these things, growing these things, nurturing these things, bringing these things to life. And, 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 and so for Paul, and, and, and really throughout the New Testament, th- there is a rhythm to our lives. And it's one of the major rhythms. I want to just help you see how this works because I, I think this is something that we are called to be engaged in every day. Okay, If we are in Christ, there is this rhythm that we need to be a part of, this pattern that we need to be a part of. It's taking off the old way, and it's putting on the new way. And it's taking off the old way, and it's putting on the new way. And it's taking off the old way. And so every day of my life, part of what I'm committed to is saying, God, help me to be a little bit less of the old Ron and a little bit more of the new Ron. Help me to put to death the leeches. Help me to put to death the bloodsuckers, the, the sins in my life, the anger, rage, malice, slander, sexual immorality, all those things. God, help me to fight against those and help me to nurture the new. 
And, and I want you to see how clearly this is repeated and called us to, call, we're called to it over and over again in the New Testament. Here we are in, in Colossians, right? Okay, we'll slide that over to the side. Colossians 3, again, verse 5, Paul says, put to death, right? Verse 12, clothe yourselves. Let's look at a letter to the Galatians. <clears throat> Excuse me, Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, he says, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Okay, don't do those things. Don't go into sin again. Don't keep living in the old nature. Put that to death. But rather, he says in, in verse 16, walk by the Spirit. And, and in verse 22, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. All right, similar to the list that he gives us here. But again, what we've got is don't indulge this nature, but rather feed this dog, so to speak. All right, grow this, nurture this, grow in the, in the fruit of the Spirit. If we go to his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4. Very clearly, verse 22, he says, put off your old self with all of its habits, with all of its sin, all right? Verse 24, put on the new self, okay? You get it? One more, and and, and we could do this more. Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Take that off, but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind, okay? And, 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 and so I, I say that to recognize and say, you know, this is a call to discipleship, right? This is a call for us daily to learn to die to ourselves, to learn to put away those old things, and daily to grow and nurture and become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's at the heart of what Paul is calling us to do. When we do that, then we're living more and more, and we're going to experience more and more the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. And, 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 and so I think, again, I, I want you to just kind of say, how often do we think about this? <laughs> I, I wonder how often we do, or if we, you know, if we just kind of say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and so I try to do the right thing, but, but to genuinely say, in my character, in my soul, I'm trying to get rid of this, and I'm trying to grow this, all right? And, and to make it a conscious effort, and to keep working at it. And I want to say real quick, just three things about that rhythm. First of all, I think it's exciting, I really do, to, to recognize, and, and, and this is true, friends, that we can grow. We can become new people. We can become kinder, gentler, nicer, more patient people because God's Spirit is at work in us. And it's exciting to really think about the fact that, that I can learn to love my wife better. I can learn to love my kids better. I can learn to love my mother better. I can learn to do these things because God's spirit is in me and I'm not just stuck with being what I always was, okay? So there's something exciting about it. There's something, I think, obviously challenging about it, okay? I mean, it's just really difficult. And at times, it's overwhelming. At times, it is just absolutely overwhelming. And and I think the Apostle Paul knew that. I imagine Paul sitting at his desk, penning this letter or speaking it out, and somebody else writing it down, and he's saying, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, and that whole list that we talked about last week. Paul's saying, put to death that. And now, clothe yourselves with these things. Put these things on. And Paul is kind of thinking, man, these folks are going to be like, dude, man, lighten up. This is tough stuff. This is not easy. And and I think that's why Paul stops himself and he inserts just an absolutely essential phrase. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. 
as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And notice it says as, okay? Again, if we are in Christ, we are God's chosen people. We are holy. We are dearly loved. It's not in order to be God's chosen people. In order to be loved, then you've got to clothe yourself with these things. No, friends, guess what? As we do this, we do this in the context of being deeply loved, deeply cared for. And so part of what I want to say as as we talk about this, I want you to get passionate about trying to grow in Christ. I want you to get passionate about learning more and more to be compassionate and kind and gentle and so on. I want you to do that. But I don't want it to be something where it's like, oh man, it's another job. No. Because today, right now, in Christ, remember this, remember this, remember this. I'm going to come back to it and say it again. Remember this. We are God's special possession. It's his chosen people. We are God's special possession. He holds on to us. And he holds on to Ron even though I'm messed up. He holds on to me even though I'm broken, even though I'm damaged. He holds on to me and he loves me and we are holy. And friends, right now you are dearly loved. Okay? Not if you become nicer, God will love you. Not if you get this right. Not if you start behaving more, God will love you. No, right now, where you are, in your seat, as broken as you are, as selfish as you are, as sinful as you are, God loves you dearly. And it's in that context, okay? It's in that context that Paul says, now clothe yourselves. Live it out, all right? Verse 12, therefore, here's the passage. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Sometimes you're not easy to get along with. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, okay? That's what it means to follow Jesus. Put on these things. Clothe yourselves with bearing with others and for forgiving others. And over all these things, over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. All right, so clothe yourselves. Two questions this morning of this text. What is Paul calling us to do and how do we do it? All right. What is Paul calling us to do? Again, I I think you get the basics of it. Again, what Paul is calling us to do, and I want to tie it into last week. He's calling us to take off the old way and to put on the new way. Particularly this morning about putting on. But he's talking about taking off the old and putting on the new. There's that rhythm over and over again. If we say, well, what does that look like? What does the old way look like? Well, Paul gave us a whole list. There are 12 of them there, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, lying, discrimination. Just don't do those. I mean, they're the, it's, it, we could call these the dirty dozen, right? There, there are 12 of them, and they're representative. The fact is, this is not a complete list. There are other ones that some of you are guilty of, Okay. A lot. Uh, yet, I mean, this is just a representative list, okay? And when he talks about the new, this is one of my challenges with a passage like this. He lists eight things, okay? Again, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, uh, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, loving others, and so on. These are, let's call them the great eight. I don't know about you, but I can't remember 20 things, much less try to work on them. <laughs> I can't, I can't try to do 20 things at once. I can't do all of this. So I've been trying to think and say, okay, what's the basic transition, okay? What's the basic difference between these two? And, and a lot of people have pointed this out before me. But again, if we look at the, the, what we're supposed to take off, basically what these things are saying is it's all about me. 
At the heart of sin is selfishness. Okay, the basics of sin is saying, I don't care what you want. I don't care what God wants. I want what I want, and I want it now. And each one of these things are, are sexual impurities. I want to be satisfied now. I don't care what God says about the right way to do it. I want to be satisfied now. Greed, I want more, and I want more now. Malice, I want to just hurt you because I'm hurting. Slander, all of these things, it's all about me. It's all about I want me. So that's the old nature in some ways, and I'll give you a picture of that in a minute. In, in the new one, in, in these things, it's all about loving others, right? It's about becoming people of compassion, feeling somebody else's pain, and then acting to relieve it. It's about kindness, about seeing a need and just meeting it, right? Uh, it, it's about humility, which is not thinking less of myself and hating myself. Humility is thinking of myself less. <laughs> not worrying about myself, but being able to think about others. Gentleness, again, it's how I treat others. Patience, forgiveness, bearing, right? It's all about treating others. So what Paul is talking about here with these two things, he's talking about moving from it's all about me to it's all about loving others, Martin Luther kind of suggests with a phrase that he uses, Martin Luther, Reformation guy, 500 years. 1517 was the Reformation. It's 2017, so it's the 500th anniversary. But Martin Luther uses a phrase in Latin that we're going to show to you in just a minute. But, but when Luther talks about, about who we are in the old way, what he talks about is this. He says, you know, in the old way, it's all about me. And the phrase that he uses, and I think this is really helpful, okay? He says, we are... Apart from Christ, incurvitus in se. Incurvitus in se. You can learn that Latin fairly easily. What it means is we are curved in on ourselves, okay? We are incurably curved in on ourselves. That apart from Christ, I, I'm like, you know, like a poster that's been in a tube that I can lay it out flat and say, you see, I want to look at others and so on, but what happens? It rolls up. That's me. I can say I want to be a better husband and I want to focus on Tammy, but, but my nature, my human nature is incurably curved in on itself, right? And so I, I can say I want, to, I want to care about you, Tammy, but in reality, I'm going to care about me. I'm going to keep turning it into what's good for me, what's going to make me happy, what's going to, and I might try to, I want, and part of what makes me, makes me happy is you thinking I'm a good guy, so I'm going to try to look like I'm caring for others, but really, deep down, apart from Christ, I am curved in on myself. And so um, I found a guy that I thought, this is not something Luther drew or anything. This is, this is just this guy I found who, you know, he's just this, that's us, right? And, and we can't understand why the whole world doesn't, doesn't realize that we are the center of the universe. It, it, you know, and all we can see is our own navels, right? That's all we can see. And so that's that old nature, that we are incurably curved in on ourselves. We are wrapped up, and it promises joy. But ultimately, what, what I think we need to understand is it destroys us, okay? So now let's put the new way on over here. It's about loving others, right? If you want to, this is not a, a Luther phrase that I know of, but it, 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 vivo, like viva Las Vegas, live Las Vegas, vivo et servium, living to serve, Okay? And, and, and so we've got this guy who is now standing up and looking out and, and, and looking at others and looking at God. And, and, and in some ways, I, the genuineness of saying that the, the guy who's curved in on himself, that's painful. It, it promises joy, but that's painful. What's, what's real joy? What's real joy is standing up and looking at others, having compassion, having kindness, having humility, having gentleness, having patience, right? That's what we want to become. And so what Paul is calling us to do is to move from the old way, little bit by little bit, into the new way. 
And, 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 and I've been thinking about it all week, and maybe this works for you. But it's saying, God, help me to just uncurl myself. God, help me to get out of my own way. Help me to get out of myself and put on looking at others, put on compassion, put on caring for others. God, that's how you created me to be. This is how God created us to live. Now, let me tell you something. None of you are there. I'm not either, okay? I'll just tell you that too. You've never met a human being who's there. Jesus was the only one, okay? None of us on earth ever get to that place. I'm going to be... I'm going to tell you, you probably never met anybody who's there. I think like maybe Mother Teresa, I don't know. But, but you've probably never met, you maybe met one or two people who are here, kind of, you know, there, uh, they're, they're, that they're genuinely caring people, that they don't seem to be obsessed with themselves the way I, I am often. Um, most of us are more probably here, and if we're honest, a lot of us are still just, just barely getting out of our navels. We're just barely getting out of our own way. We're still so curved in ourselves. But, but what I want to say is, on the one hand, I want you to say, okay, how am I doing with this? How, how much am I really genuinely compassionate and kind and gentle? How much do I really love others? And how much do I do just to protect myself? On the other hand, I want to say, I don't really care where you are on here. I, I think what we need to recognize is that the Christian life, what Paul is calling us to, learning to live in the power of the risen Jesus, is learning Every day, just a little bit of a time to grow. Just a little bit at a time to move. Just a little bit of a time to become more and more of what God wants us to become. So that's, that's what, what Paul is calling us to do. He's calling us to, to put on the new, to learn to think about others, to, to have compassion and kindness, to, to uncurl ourselves, to not be incurably curved in on ourselves, but to give ourselves to others and to have compassion and love and genuineness. And I want you to just stop and think about those virtues, okay? Look at that list. Are you growing in those? How are you doing? I mean, really, would somebody call you a compassionate person? Because if we're in Christ, we're supposed to be compassionate. I'm a hard-nosed businessman. If you're in Christ, you're also a compassionate, hard-nosed businessman. Are you more compassionate than you were a year ago? As you grow older, are you growing kinder? Or are you growing meaner? There's a part of me that says in our culture, we say, well, you guess what? I can't wait till I get to be older because I get to be a mean old man, right? Sorry. If I'm in Christ, I should be a kind old man. And I should be kinder today than I was a year ago. How are you doing on that? Are you kinder? Are you more humble? Again, the problem is you say, yeah, then you're not, right? I mean, but, but do you find yourself focusing less on yourself? How about gentleness? Patience? Think about it. I mean, the call of Jesus Christ is that if we are in him, if we are in Christ, we will be people who are more patient now than we were a year ago. Are you? And and, and can you become more patient a year from now? Will you by the time you're, for some of us, whatever, 75, maybe if you're 75, 85, will you, will you say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm growing a little bit impatient. I'm growing a little bit in, in learning to care for others. That's what Paul's calling us to. He's calling us to put on Christ. He's calling to clothe ourselves. He's calling us to learn to live standing up and loving and caring about others. If you're like me, I'm back to overwhelming, right? <laughs> I'm back to feeling like this is just too much. I can't do this. So let's talk about how do we move little bits. That's all, okay? How do we... 
how do we do this? How do we, how do we start to put some of these things on? How do we start to more and more care about others, love others? How do we have a heart that's less curved in on itself, all right? I, I want to suggest three things. First, I think just recognize it's often slow going. Grace to you, my friends. Grace to you. This isn't, this isn't something where you say, I've got to do this before I die or else I'm not going to get... No, remember who you are? That's going to be next, but right, I'm, I'm okay right now. I, 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 I think one of the things I love about Christianity is it gives us a worldview in which I can be as passionate as I can be. And, and, I'm, and I'm trying to grow in this, but as passionate as I can be about learning to love others. But I am also just so deeply aware that God loves me as I am. That it doesn't kill me, okay? It becomes a, a joy to try to become what God wants me to become. I spent a, a, a few hours with my grandson Noah yesterday, and and, and, you know, I mean, he's seven years old now. And, and when I look at him, I thought if he could just understand. I mean, when, when he does something wrong, I don't get angry. I feel sad. And when he does something right, I'm just like, yeah, that's so awesome. But I don't know if I could ever love him more than I love him right now. I mean, I love him more than I loved any of my kids. That, I, mean, I know that. But I don't think I could. And God is so, so I, I want him to know that he's riding around with Grandpa Grandpa wants him to, to become just this great guy. But I think he's awesome, and I love him completely right now. That's the way God is, okay? So recognize that it's slow going, and we go in grace. The second thing, I think learning to love others, I think part of it is, is remembering who we are. Remembering who we are. And I got three things here. The first one, we're messed up, okay? We're, we're damaged goods, okay? We are, we are people who who sin. Okay, and, and we need to start with that. There was an old book. It was called I'm Okay, You're Okay. That's not the right title. The right words are I'm not okay, you're not okay, but that's okay. Okay, I'm somebody who if, if what I believe, what the Bible tells me, if I believe the Bible, if I'm a Christian, if I believe that, I'm somebody who by my nature is really selfish and I'm messed up and I've been damaged by others. But the second thing I need to remember is, is that I am dearly loved by God, okay? So I am messed up, but dearly loved by God. And I have been forgiven. His grace is amazing. And it's a part of what that means. When I see somebody around me who's messed up, and all of you are, I see me. I don't see somebody who's worse than me. I don't see somebody who's different than me. I see me. When you mess up, you are me, and I am you, okay? And so it's not me judging you. That's what I do in my sinful nature. I'm perfect. I'm, I'm curved in on myself. I don't, and all I can see is you're messed up. No, I'm messed up, okay? But I am loved, and so are you. And I, and I need to know I'm dearly loved by God. And again, I am one of his special possessions that he's going to take care of me. We are chosen people. And let me tell you how I think this helps, how this helps me live. You see... I don't have to be obsessed with myself if I know God is going to take care of me. I don't have to get my ego from you telling me, great job, Ron. If I mess up, I can say, oops. You know, think about that. Think about that. If you were so secure in God's love, if you were so secure in God's love, when somebody came to you and said, you messed up, you didn't get defensive, you just said, ooh, did I? Where? I don't want to do it again. And, and it's, I, 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 I'm so loved by God, I, I can listen to that. 
It's not like my ego takes hit. Usually when people come to us and say, you messed up, we say, oh, no, I didn't. Because that's not who I am. We as Christians make a declaration that that's exactly who we are. The, 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 the correct answer when somebody comes to me and says, Ron, you messed up, the correct answer is, which one are you talking about? Right. And I can say that knowing I am dearly loved by God. And I don't have to be defensive. But I can say, where did I do that? I'm sorry. You see, I'm, my nature, I still, I'm still trying to uncurl. I'm still trying to get out of myself. So where did I do that? And, and how do I go forward, right? You understand how, that, how, how, how knowing, remembering how much God loves me, remembering his amazing grace, it, it, it sets me free. I don't have to be obsessed about myself. He's taking care of me. My, my, my self-esteem is, is in him. My, my self-image is in him. And so I like it when you like me. But I don't have to be offended if you don't because I don't always like me. But I know Christ always loves me. So we don't need to be obsessed with taking care of ourselves when I understand that I'm living in God's hands, that I am his special possession. And it also just frees me up to be gracious to others. Right? I don't, I don't need to focus on myself. I can, I can care about you and your story. Because my story is in Christ, and he's going to take care of me. So now I can care about your story. Now I can listen to your story. And, and, and if we don't have that, I'm so convinced of this, if we don't have that understanding of being deeply loved, of who we are, and that we are so deeply loved, we'll never be able to love others. Because we're always working out of a deficit. We never are, are going to have the courage to look anywhere else at ourselves unless we know that God's taking care of us. So remember that, okay? Remember who we are. And, and, and then the third thing I want to suggest is, is and, and I hope I can explain this well, but work on seeing others in a better light. Work on seeing others in a better light. This is one of the things that I, I, I've been working on a lot in the last couple of years of how do I see people, okay? How do I see people? It makes a huge difference. And we have more of a choice, I think, sometimes than we think. Let me, let me give you a, a situation, all right? Somebody, somebody does something wrong or foolish, it happens to each of us. We see that a hundred times a day, right? Somebody does something wrong or foolish. Some of them are huge. Some of them are small. I'll choose an example that's not too big. It's a, it's a, it's a deep sin, but it's not the worst. But that guy who's got 21 items in the 12-item line at the checkout store, you know that guy, right? He's got a suit on. He's coming home from work, and he's got 21 items because you've counted them twice. Got 21 items in the 12-item line. You got four. And, and, and so there you are, right? We could have gone with a person who doesn't turn when the light changes, but we'll go with this guy, right? You're in the grocery line. He's standing there. And, and here's what happens, okay? You don't even, you're not even aware of this. But what happens is we come up with a reason why, right? You, you, you know, you say, I see him, and he's a jerk, no, you don't immediately go to he's a jerk. You, come, you, you have to have a reason why, right? You have to have an explanation of the situation. All you know is this guy's got 21 items in the 12-item line. But what you're probably doing, this is one I, that's my kind, he thinks his time is worth more than mine. He's just a jerk. He's just arrogant. He thinks he's more important than the rest of us. He's, that's, that's his problem. Or he thinks he's above the rules. And, and if that's my view of that person, 
If that's my view of that person, or there, I actually have a third one here, right? He, he's in a hurry to cheat on his wife. I, I mean, I, we, sometimes I can get really nasty about it. This guy, he's going in this line because he's not going home to his wife. He's got the wine for his girlfriend. And so that's, this guy's a real dog, right? I can make him really bad. If that's what I'm thinking about him, we have no compassion. There's no kindness. There's no gentleness, right? There's anger, there's rage, there's malice. But what if I start to think different things? And you can do this. See if you can do this. When somebody's not, when you're around, we come up, what if we come up with a better reason? And I have, I, I, I try, I do this. If I'm standing on, because I catch myself saying, man, this guy's doing this, this person's doing this. She's talking on her phone. That's why she drove like that. All that stuff. What if I start to say, and you can say, you know what? Maybe he has a sick child at home. I don't know. But all of a sudden my feelings change, Right? All of a sudden, I start to say, well, maybe I should have compassion on this guy. Maybe he's got a sick kid. Well, maybe he's got a kid in the hospital. He's got a kid with cancer or something, and, and he's just so confused about all of it. Maybe he's under so much stress at work that he doesn't really think about what he's doing. He never noticed the sign. I mean, maybe he does that, right? Or, or, or maybe he just found out his wife is having an affair, okay? I, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, so when you get that, think about it, right? Now, all of a sudden, this guy, I'm not ticked at him. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I have now some compassion for him, some kindness. And, and, and just imagine if you could learn to do that. Catch yourself when you're in a situation and somebody does something wrong and you, 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 and, and you realize you know, you're making these. Tell yourself a different story. Seeing that this guy was created in God's image, and who knows? Maybe he's, you know, I mean, man, maybe his parents really messed up with him, and I don't know. But I, I start to you know, feel some compassion for him. Now, some of you are saying, okay, Ron, that works if you don't know the guy, but what if you know him and he really is a jerk? <laughs> right? Come on, let's be honest. That only works if I don't know the guy and I get to make up the story. What if I know that this is not unusual behavior and he doesn't have anybody who's sick? Then guess what? We go up to number two, and we remember who we are. We remember that we are incurvitus in se. We are incurably curved in ourselves. And so when I look at that and I get that guy's a jerk, and, and then I say, you know what? Guess what? So am I. And, and I think about the fact, and again, you can do this. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, but you can do this. And I think about the fact of saying, man, the guy's just so curved. He's just so curved in on himself. He is just so. And then here's a key thing. And I think, and that's sad. Right? If, if I genuinely believe the gospel, that being curved in on myself is hell, that being curved in on myself is the wrong way, to, is, does not bring joy, if I genuinely believe that, then I start to feel sorry for this guy, that, that what would it be like to go through life without any sense of caring about anybody else? What would it be like to be unable to love? What would it be like to, to be so, man, and if it's just for this moment, and, and, and then I can start to again feel compassion for the guy. Because I remember what it's like when I blow it. I remember what it's like when I'm curved in on myself. I remember that. And, and so I work on seeing that other person. All right? Try that. See if you can do that. Catch yourself. Because, again, we tend to say, well, he did this and I immediately was angry. No, you, there was a story in between there. You gave a reason. Because, again, if you knew, if you knew that that person... I, I, I was driving yesterday, and pray for me when I drive. I'm sorry. This has been... This person, it's like, hello, you can go. I know it's yellow, but both of us could have gone. And then I thought, you know what? What if she's, 
what if she's somebody with social anxiety disorder and she's just so nervous she's driving? And there she is. And I thought, okay, we can wait another red light. Now, maybe she was just a jerk, but so am I sometimes, right? I mean, so, so those three things. Recognize that it's slow going. Remember who we are. And learn to see others. And by God's grace, by God's grace, we can learn to love. We can get uncurved. We can learn to care for others. Just a little bit more this year than last year. A little more gentle. A little more kind. A little more Christ. Let's pray together. Father, it's it's tough because it's part of being curved in on ourselves is we don't like other people. And we see all their faults and we don't see our own. It's amazing. All we see is ourselves, but we don't see our own faults. So Father, by your spirit, remind us of how loved we are so that we can dare to, to trust you enough to look at others. Teach us to be compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, patient. Teach us to forgive, to bear with, and more than anything else, teach us to love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We stand and sing a song of response. Joyful, joyful, we adore you, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before you, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of eternal gladness, fill us with the light of day. You are the one who saved 
If you want to pray after the service, there are going to be some folks in the prayer room there to the, that side of the auditorium. People of God, as we go from this place, know that we go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Joyful, joyful, we adore you, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before you, hoping to the sun of 